Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to, to Drum Mythology. Mythology. I'm your co-host, Chris Hansiker. I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna, and someday we might not both say that at the same time. <laughs> uh, every time. Uh, so today, we are once again joined by Gnarls from TikTok. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Going it's good. great. Yeah, so if you weren't listening last episode, um, I'm on TikTok. I do this series called Modern Mythologies, where I talk about the modern stories like anime, video games, movies, and how they're inspired by the classic myths of yesteryear. Um, lots of stuff from all around the world. So if you want to check out some anime, some video games, some TV, come check me out on TikTok. We looked at Marin Sagan and we were trying to see where where he comes from. Like, where did this idea come from before Elder Scrolls and what is he based on? Mm-hmm. And that is your your stuff. Because we is. know that no writer comes up with anything on their own. Nothing. They have to have read it somewhere. The wildest shit you've read <laughs> is not original. No. I mean, you know. They read that wild shit in another wild story. The the most original stuff is, uh, well, this happened to me, and oh my god, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone goes in and says, actually, that's the archetype for the Persephone-Hades journey. And you're like, get out! <laughs> Sorry, man. You're just on stage four of your hero's journey. You've read Campbell, I can tell. Right. Um, so obviously, Todd Howard will deny it up and down the aisle, but Dagon does actually come from um, a similar but different uh, deity named Dagon. Whoa, right? That's I don't. What a I don't stretch. see the similarities. That's, that's, yeah, that's a stretch. It's, right. it's spelled the same, right? Did you mean Dragon? No. <laughs> my, my name is Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Look to the stars. I and, okay. Sorry. Um, so, Dagon um, is actually from Dagon or Dagon, ha! Huh? But spelled with an A at the end. D a g a n. Still pronounced the same, but yeah. you change the spelling. Just copying your homework, but changing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's Dagan. Make, make it original. Yeah, <laughs> it's up to interpretation. <laughs> right. Um, so Dagon was a Semitic god, um, part of their pantheon, and apparently only second in importance to El. Um, who you may remember from some of our other Mesopotamian stories is like Enlil, right? Enlil? Enlil. Yeah, it, it depends on if you're with the Syrians or the Assyrians or the, that that whole very early mythology. Yeah. Me and Crystal always argue. One of us will pick uh, Babylon, the other one will pick like Sumeria. <laughs> and just like, listen, it's Anana. It's like, we are using Ishtar. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much what they did. Yeah. yeah. Are you original? <laughs> Exactly. Are you from Ur or Uruk? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Entirely different. (laughs) Um, So he is sort of like the supreme god, right? Um, And he was an important harvest and fertility god, um, specifically very much so like tied to grain, um, being that his name was apparently like a Hebrew noun that translates to grain. So really that's kind of funny. It's like, what are you the God of? Oh, it's my name. (laughs) You see that grain over there? It's named after me. Yeah. That's what it's important. It's not the other way around. (laughs) That's pretty big because I would have absolutely been like, oh, that's your God. You mean the one named after grain? (laughs) 
Sorry, your god. What's your your god? The god of waves? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Or like Ceres, it's like, oh yeah, the cereal god, get out of here. (laughs) Your god's named after breakfast. Sponsored by Kellogg, my guy. Come on. Um, so in addition to being the god of grain, um, he was also said to be the inventor of the plow. So it's like, reap what you sow, man. That's a big change, especially for grain. That's big. <laughs> yeah, right? The harvest. It is time. Um, he Another of his important roles in the Pantheon is he's actually the father of Baal. Baal, if you will, if you're like a Martian from, you know, Young Justice. Baal. Ball, um, who's the prince god, god of fertility, agriculture, storms, lightning, etc. He's like the god's god, right? That's a big cheese. I mean, that's, that's storm deity. Yeah, your storm gods are your your big ones. Those are like your Odins and your Zeuses and Thors. Yeah, storms are big. Rain is important. Mm-hmm. Can't have grain without it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and that is part of it, I'm sure, where his father, Baal's father, is Dagon. Um, so, you know, uh, grain, storms, hand apple. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, is Moloch Baal the son of Dagon? Oh, I Is wish. that some uncovered deep lore that we don't know about yet? I could, I could see it because, I mean, there's there's definitely connections with, like, Moloch Ball being the ruddy man and, like, some of Just his slightly less evil. Yeah. <laughs> of a close but not, but no cigar of Maron's <laughs> Right. And I, I wonder because, like, some of them are cursed to be Daedric princes. So maybe Maron's Dagon somehow was involved with the cursing of Moloch Ball or the other way around. I mean, other Daedric princes have, like, some of their origin stories are based on other Daedric princes created them. Mm-hmm. Um, Shiagorath got turned into Shiagorath. Yeah, from and... Jiggleag. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. story. Oh, that's a big one. That's definitely its own yeah. episode. Um, Malakath, I think, was turned by Boethia. Like, there is, there's definitely that... a history there. Have you, have you read the, the, like, in-lore book for how Malakath was formed? Not, not, not for this research. So, yeah. so it's a it's either I think it depends on if you come from an elvish perspective or a human perspective. But I think the human perspective, and I guess I'm I'm gonna say don't quote me on this, but people might quote me on this, is he is literal shit. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. He was eaten by eaten. Boethia and just shat out, and that is Malakath, which from a human perspective is just really racist. Those yeah. poor orcs. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, god of the orcs. Um, but at the same that's time, like, of shit for sure. For mythologies, that's a that sounds like a mythological origin story for some god. You know, how many kids were popped out of like heads and thighs and just eaten? <laughs> that's true. How many allusions to the head can you make? Sea foam. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Sea foam. All right. From what? Certainly not that um oddly phallic shaped floatsum there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not also a head. <laughs> Very possibly. We will have to do another episode of Molog Ball. Um, that would be fantastic. 100%. Yeah, and we'll look into that. We'll get back to you, listeners or viewers, about <laughs> how that will shake out. But this is about Maroon's Day God. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so much. 
So last thing I wanted to cover um, before moving on to like sort of more modern interpretations of Dagon and the myth is in the Hebrew Bible, actually, he is referred to as the God of the Philistines, which is fun. And and you know those guys from the Bible, like... Mm-hmm. No, yet those guys were perceived as very bad people, even though they are just their own people. Enemy, <laughs> you know, the victors write history. Um, and also, if you don't know, if you want to insult someone entirely, call them a Philistine. You yeah, know, it's just, it's just Hebrew for... Um, for outsider, right? Or something like that. I know when you call someone a Philistine, you're basically saying you uncultured swine. So that's... Wow! Yeah. I, I don't know. If you call someone a Philistine... Oh, yeah. No, it is calling someone an uncultured swine. Just Googled it. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. No, that's right. <laughs> I know my obscure... <laughs> I, I always thought of it as kind of like a libertine, but no, that's wrong. This <laughs> is You're calling them uncultured, which mm-hmm. I will start using because that is... Uh, devastating insult mm-hmm. yeah, hostile or indifferent yeah Ooh. so yeah apparently Dagon, patron god of philistines <laughs> if you don't like our art you philistine <laughs> <laughs> read a book you philistine close to calling someone a heathen yeah yeah absolutely um, so in addition to the ancient view of Dagon, um, he actually pops up more recently in history, um, in a H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah, he's got two big ones. Uh, well, in there's a lot of games that are based off of H.P. Lovecraft that'll be like, beware of Dagon and mm-hmm. different things like that. Really cool stuff. Really good reference, of course. Oh, yeah. I love I love H.P. Lovecraft's version of Dagon. Like, it's... It, and you were telling me this before. It was like this was what was widely believed as this is the mythology of Dagon at the time, but that's not how we just described him. Yeah. So sort of backing up a little bit, um, in the Dagon is sometimes referred to as a fish god, but I was doing some research, and this is like so fascinating to me. Um, but in medieval times, Dagon was when they were trying to translate these texts, um, Dagon was actually conflated with a different fish god from a pantheon. um, And they were combined into the same person in this translation in medieval times. Fast forward to 1919 when H.P. Lovecraft is alive. This is still the widely held belief that Dagon is the same as this fish god. So when H.P. Lovecraft is creating his um, oceanic mythos, he is referencing the Dagon that is the fish god, this like deep sea dweller, right? But then in like 1930, right? This is so cool. Um, a scholar was actually going back through these um, this idea and was like, actually, I think they made a mistake. Dagon and this fish god are separate. In the original text that specified Dagon as a god, they don't mention anything about a fish bit. Like he's the god of grain. And so it's like, you know, he's not this aquatic deity like um, an Absu or a, um, a Tiamat, right? But they thought up until the 1930s, so after H.P. Lovecraft wrote his books, they said Dagon actually isn't a fish god. And that, that has been the prevailing theory since 1930s, which is just and wild. H.P. Lovecraft just missed out on that memo then because he's like, Oh, we're going to have the deep ones and they are all going to be fish. Yeah, it's because he was going with what was scientifically um, 
thought at the at the time while he was contemporarily writing it in the 1919s all the way up to like 1931 with his one of his last books he was like Dagon's a fish god it's been that way since medieval times why would it be wrong this mythological it's really cool yeah and it, it it's it's really cool just along the lines of taking that inspiration from the mythology because while I do not agree with what H.P. Lovecraft believed in his day-to-day life, because yeah. he was not a good person, no. uh, he he did take a lot of mythology from real-world stories and wrote some really compelling stories from those, including with Dagon. Um, what is what is that big story? I love it. It's the sky over Innsmouth. That's it. Oh my god, I love that story. It's and a good it's, one. It's, it, it, it just sucks thinking about how bad H.P. Lovecraft was as a person, but he did take some really cool mythology and create a whole nother world and was one of the few writers at the time that was like, this is my world. Please write in it. I want to expand it. I want to give it to you to create more from it. Really? So he and- like created the first multiverse and was like, write the fan fiction to fulfill the world. Exactly. Just fill it all up. It was one of his... One of his few good mentalities. That is good. Yeah, it's like, listen, here's the Wikia. <laughs> Go and write your entries. <laughs> I, I give you full permission. Just do not look up the name of my cat. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as you mentioned, um, Dagon appears in one of his more famous stories that was in 1931. I want to say um, the sky over Innsmouth, I think is the name of it. I wrote it down. Let me say one moment to confirm. Or the, shadow over the shadow, shadow over Innsmouth. Innsmouth. It is shadow. Right. Okay. Yeah. There we go. It's yeah. such a good story. Though. It if is. you haven't That's... read it, check it out. It's, it's good. Short That's story. A... Yeah. It's one of the best. But even before that, um, one of his earliest short stories was the short story named Dagon, which is so cool. I found this out recently. Um, it was written back in 1917, which is like, wow, right? Um, it's one of his earliest works. And the whole thing is online. And I definitely recommend um, you go and look it up because uh, it's old and it's in public domain now. But um, yeah, it's super short. It's him like sort of feeling out this mythos that he's creating. And yeah, I can go ahead and tell you a bit about what happens. Um, I guess if you want to read it for yourself, pause it and then come back. But like... <laughs> Here we Spoiler. go. Here's the spark. Spoilers for a yeah. very short story. That's also like over a hundred years old. Plus years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my god, it is over a hundred years old. Yeah. That's bonkers. Right. Um. So in it, uh, to contextualize, in Dagon, a drug addicted sailor's memoir is basically what you're reading. And he talks about how he was a part of a cargo ship that gets captured by Imperial Germany in World War One in the Pacific. Um, they are like so lax with their prisoners, like it makes a point of saying this, that he just like gets on a lifeboat and drifts south of the equator until the tides take him to a place where the water is, end quote, a slimy expanse of hellish black mire littered with dead fish. And it's sort of like red tide, right? Like, <laughs> I imagine it smells horrible. That's a, uh, jumping back to Elder Scrolls. That sounds like Murkmire. Like, <laughs> where? <laughs> They're getting Murkmire and Blackwood vibes. <laughs> oh my God, 100%. <laughs> 
The Argonians are littering the, <laughs> the landscape. Oh, just throwing their fish out there, giving them their diseases. <laughs> right. Um, so he's like, well, this is weird. And he waits a few days for the mud water to apparently dry up enough so that he can walk on this muddy land. Like, it's like, this is the sea, but also not. This um, is how islands are made. <laughs> right. Um, he actually thinks that it's the seafloor that has risen to the surface for some like big volcanic explosion or geographical feature. So it's actually like, how islands are made. I know, right? <laughs> he's, a not, real way. he's not far off. Um, and so as he wanders looking for the sea so that he can launch his boat again or possibly rescue, he finds this massive trench, which is like the bottom of the seafloor. You know, Mariana's Trench is a thing. Um and he's like, he's been traveling during day, and he's like, you know what's better? Traveling at night. I mean, not uh, not an experienced traveler, I guess. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> he's getting real sunburn. That's <laughs> uh, true. I mean, he's probably thinking what's better for the story. <laughs> right. Um, so he waits for nightfall to come so that he can descend this very rocky trench. And somehow he does it without dying, to be honest. Um, master spelunker that he is. And he sees, like this huge monolith, which you're like, ha Lovecraft stuff, right? Um, this huge monolith carved from the rock, covered in hieroglyphics of marine creatures, like, um, you know, deep sea dwelling, um, what are those things? Nautiluses and um, fish. So, and, uh, so this, this ex-marine is experienced in hieroglyphics of a language he's never seen? I think he's just a sailor even. <laughs> like, because he was on a cargo ship. He wasn't actually a soldier. Oh, like he not even in, Not even a government soldier just or sailor. Just, he right. was just a sailor. <laughs> like, and like the thing I, is, he doesn't know what the hieroglyphics say. He's just like, that's a squid. That's another fish. A squid wrote that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a Nautilus, right? Yeah. Who knows Nautiluses? You know, that's day one in sailing school. Right. He's read um, Jules Verne, you know, the Nautilus. Uh, so. Not a. Um, he also sees on this monolith that there are like these fish carvings, um, but the fish are people. Like they, they're standing on two legs. They're like inverse mermaids, probably. Um, and they're worshiping the monolith. Uh, they're like, you know, bowing. They're Abe from Hellboy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Definitely. Mm, my boy. I love him. <laughs> uh, love him. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think a little bit more like fishy than him though. Cause they, he says that they have like gaping mouths and big bulgy eyes. So I'm just picturing a fish with legs. I'm just picturing definitely a reverse mermaid then. Yeah, I'm like a largemouth bass. Yeah, you know it. Um, in addition to a largemouth bass that you say, uh, he mentions that the fish people were shown out of proportion, in quotes, um, as one was depicted basically duking it out with a whale that wasn't much larger than himself. So he's like, these heathens, they just garb themselves huge for some reason. But you, the reader, are like giant fish people. Oh, or perspective. Yeah, maybe it's just a small whale, like a right whale or it's a dolphin. Dolphins are it's technically dolphin. whales. Yeah. <laughs> Aquatic mammals, yeah. Or it's him shaking his fist at a faraway whale, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's super close. <laughs> um, 
So as he's looking at this really well, he keeps saying like well-made monolith. So I guess it's like super smooth or whatever. He admires the craftsmanship. preserved remarkably for being something that was under the ocean. Yeah, right. He's like, this is definitely not nature. This is man. They couldn't man. make this yeah. with ancient tools. There were aliens and diamond blazers. This involved. isn't cave drawings. This is, you know, the Ten Commandments level. Oh. Someone worked on this. Absolutely. It's quality. So he's just like admiring it, looking at all these weird hieroglyphics, laughing him to himself probably. And the waters nearby stirred subtly at first, but then rising from the depths, lumbered this great hulking slimy thing with many tendrils of arms and like tentacles. And betraying its size, it darts straight to the monolith and throws itself on the monolith, like wrapping itself around it and bowing its head in reverence. Is this like a giant octopus? Like I'm trying to trying to wrap my head around this thing that's just wrapped its head around this monolith. Like, you know how H.P. Lovecraft is like. I like giant, slimy, indescribable horrors from the deep, and I don't want to take the time to describe them because your imagination will do way better than I ever could. Which is good writing. That is <laughs> the theater of the mind is really where where it's at. So I picture like myself that. Like, yeah. <laughs> a giant. Too many tentacles, too many eyes. Hey, that was good foley, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right? Um, so he, like most of his um, Lovecraft's uh, protagonists, is like, get the hell out of here, right? I'm GTFO. And he oh, yeah. It. As you would if you saw a giant fish thing with several tentacles. That's right. Like, it's indescribable horror. You're not just like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go investigate. I kind of, I would be like, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> like, what, what's it embracing the monolith for? You know, is it, is it an egg? Does he have a good, like, video recording, though? Like, or is he just, like, personal account is the only way this information is getting out to the world. I have to do this. It's actually like very blurry footage. Uh, yep. It's like a Bigfoot. Bigfoot style. Yeah, one of those 1917 cameras that has the full tripod and has to be like, all right, not smile, smile. 30 minutes to <laughs> yeah. composite. It's, a, it's like a silent film. I mean, it looks just like Nosferatu here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so he books it out of there. And um, I guess H.P. Lovecraft got tired of writing the story at this point because he's like, and- As most know, authors do. <laughs> it's already three paragraphs it's too much so he <laughs> runs <laughs> he runs and he's like it was a blur to get back to the ship and in my crazed state i don't remember any details but i somehow found the ocean again and next thing i knew i was fighting a storm that i lost and then the next thing i knew was i woke up in a hospital bed oh the wake up in a hospital bed after it's like every Every fantasy author who, who was like, the battle was epic. I got my protagonist got knocked out, so they don't have an account of it. Yeah. How dare you drag my favorite book, The Black Cauldron, like that? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call you out, but it was so true that you, you were called out. <laughs> I was, I was. Um, so the sail- he tells the sailors what happened when he's like recovering. He's like, giant, undescribable, horror, uh, giant trench, black Fish. so much fish so many fish and they're like uh sir we have no record of a giant storm in that area or any landmass that you've described we don't know what you're talking about you must be drinking the seawater he's like fair also fair yeah (laughs) good assessment on the part of that doctor that would happen (laughs) 
Also, you have too many ghosts in your blood, so we put leeches on you. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, it's it's nineteen seventeen. We need to amputate. We got we got to take you out. Absolutely. Um, So he's like, all right, nobody believes my story. And he starts asking questions and he's trying to get some information. He's like, I read in a book about that Philistine legend of Dagon, the fish god, Um, which we talked about earlier. Which will definitely not be disproven only a decade later. I know. (laughs) That's awesome. Like This is mythological fact. Yeah. And um, he was talking to someone who was like, yeah, that sounds about right. But I remember he said something about like them being un- like impossibly conventional, which again is like the best insult I've ever heard. <laughs> I can't talk to you right now. You're being impossibly conventional. <laughs> That's yeah. like calling someone basic. It is. That, that is the 1920s version of basic. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so in addition, like, again, guys, like, remember, this is H.P. Lovecraft, one of his first stories that he's just sort of figuring out this mythos, um, convinced that the narrator met some sort of ancient deity or primordial creature. He is like haunted by these visions every morning, like every night, which is like, huh, call of Cthulhu, am I right? Yeah, um, <laughs> some deep one dreams. <laughs> Uh, so he seeks to end his tortured life also because the morphine that he's been on since coming back and having trauma is, has run out. That's a lot of pain, my guy. Mm-hmm. He's got to, he's got to be up. He a lot of a withdrawals. Yeah. So he's Ooh, like, withdrawals. absolutely. So he's like, I'm just going to end it. <laughs> um, so before he can sign off from life, um, a noise is heard at the door and it's like something wet and lumbering. So, Gnarls, if you want to hit that fully again. <laughs> nice. <Man>. Um, <laughs> throwing itself at the door frame, and it's like shaking the whole frame of the door. And his last words that he wrote down are, God, that hand, the window, the window. And then the walls, the walls. <laughs> that's the end of one of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, too. It's the Kraken! <laughs> Davy Jones just walking in. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that hand, that tentacle hand. Yep. The hand. So that's so cool. And like we mentioned, Dagon was one of the first stories in Lovecraft's collection that was collected in Weird Tales. And it features that primordial sea entity of that the narrator thinks is Dagon, even though he doesn't really like name that. Um and again, like we mentioned earlier, Dagon is mentioned in The Shadow Over Innsmouth, which is one of H.P. Lovecraft's most famous and frankly best stories. Um, and like contributes in a larger part to the Cthulhu mythos, which like formally started in The Call of Cthulhu, which is again, one of his most famous stories that he's known for, right? Exactly, that whole mythos coming together. So even if he got the memo that Dagon is no longer a fish deity, he had already committed to the fact that Dagon was a fish in what, 1917, you said? Or when did that first one come out? Yeah, 1917. Like, he can't go back. This is his mythos now. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is what Dagon is now. Yeah, and that's so cool uh, because also sort of like we talked about, Dagon shows up again in several other stories and um, like musical bands as well and media, different media, right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so lots of games that are based off of even just H.P. Lovecraft are then going to reference the fish deity version of Dagon because of it. Right, and Dagon is actually one of the deep ones, which is funny, right? It's yeah, the, the pantheon of Lovecraftian mythos. Right, um, as a separate thing from the old ones. So in his stories, right, the deep ones are the primordial sea creatures of ancient earth that are below the surface of the water, whereas the old ones are the ones that have like impossible to pronounce names like <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and they're the space alien ones. Yeah, uh, so you have the thalassophobia of the world, mm-hmm. and then you have the deep space universal deities the greater ones right the old ones yeah um so in addition to the deep ones we mentioned cthulhu is obviously the most the most well-known one but like you were saying this mythology extends beyond it where people are referencing the hp lovecraft dagon um by talking about like in D, there is one of the abyss lords uh who reels rules over like the 70 something level of the abyss and his watery domain is like a deep sea, ancient, like basically like Atlantis sort of scenario. And he's like this big hulking sort of like an angler fish with a lot of eyes and he's Dagon. And for the D&D nerds, this is, of course, specific to the Forgotten Realms world. Just so we're not getting confused. But yeah, he's he, he then, because of H.P. Lovecraft, became one of the greatest deities of Forgotten Realms. And he's, yeah, a huge tentacle fish monster yeah so if you're making a warlock or a cleric and you want to reference one of the deep ones and everyone's like oh i don't have to do cthulhu just be like haha suckers i'm doing dagon it's different <laughs> dagon is my patron take that i'm a philistine eldritch <laughs> fishy blast oh it's just black murk like yep. blah, blah, blah. just smells like it's red chum. tide <laughs> it's just the chat's blasted out now I want to create a Triton that has a Dagon patron. Oh my! I God. that would uh, that would actually be amazing. Yeah, so with, with the Triton and with the net. Oh, that's good. Amazing. That's, and that that is that is where so much of Dagon comes from. I mean, in the mythos of Lovecraft, and something we saw too was you know going back. Uh, Dagon into the Philistines, and this whole idea of Dagon is like a devil fish um that was also in milton's work too is what i came across yeah Um, just making him an evil character because of the mythology that it was based off of yeah just so so easy to insert as like well this deep this deep fish god evil bad guy yep yep from the from the hebrew mythology he's 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 in demonology he is bad he basically got locked in it's like it's all right dagon bad yeah it helps that it sounds badass it's a cool word name it's almost dragon it is yeah it's so close to dragon that it might be where dragon came from yeah right we gotta look at the etymology of that that has to be it right it's gotta be one it's one away (laughs) this is like fish monster like you mean like a sea serpent done we're, we're already the dragon. Yeah, and when you look at the oldest quote-unquote dragons, of course, you mentioned Tiamat a little bit earlier in the episode. Tiamat is like one of the first dragons, and she's not like, you know, not the English or the Chinese-looking dragon. She's literally just an embodiment of chaos, and that was a dragon. So. And she's a sea goddess. 
She is. Oh, it all it all connects too, <laughs> and she's also. It's another storm deity taking out a dragon. Yeah, storms, dragons, uh, order speed, versus chaos, chaos, yeah. Yeah. Dagon, chaos, dragon, chaos. It's all connected. We have red string back here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our Mayrun's Dagon though isn't a fish god. He's like we mentioned a big. Unfortunately. I know, right? Do we I'm... have any fish gods in Elder Scrolls? Who is the closest the to the slowed? fish? Do they worship anyone? Slowed gods. <laughs> oh, from D D? Or are they uh, slowed Elder in Scrolls. Elder Scrolls too? Mm-hmm. They're slowed in Elder oh Scrolls my God. too. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. They're a big part of the Somerset chapter. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay, they have their own pantheon. I'm not I'm not prepared for that. We'll cover them some other if time. they have Dagon and he's fishy, that's that's even greater of an allusion to mythology, just where they, you know, different sides of two competing groups of people will make the other's deities evil. Yeah, um, and they've like yeah. absorbed them into their thing and yeah, they just yeah. become evil beings. Absolutely. And different races in Elder Scrolls actually have different names for the gods, like we were mentioning with the different city states, right? The Khajiit all call their god, their Daedric princes by slightly different names than, say, your Imperials. Same for the Aedra, too. Yeah, and I, so the biggest one would be um, Oriel and Akatosh, right? That would yeah. That would be the ones that people know. One's a the dragon. Animals. One is a giant sunny elf. And there you go. <laughs> which which one do you think is the high elves version? <laughs> <laughs> he just always has sunglasses on, you know. <laughs> it's like I got this bow for you guys. <laughs> Absolutely, that that one um, for sure. What what is Lorcan to the humans? Is it Shore? Shore's bones. Like the Lorcan is sure, is sure. at least yeah, to so, the Nords for sure. For yeah, sure. so to the and yeah, it, it even gets split to make the Nords more Norse mythology, which mm-hmm. is not a stretch at all of the name. <laughs> but yeah, so sure, sure is Lorcan, which was one of my favorite ones to just have the the human side celebrating sure to the greatest extent that any one person can celebrate a god, to have the elves be like sure slash Lorcan is the worst being to ever exist. That's a, that'll definitely be another episode because all of that. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us and I uh, hope you have a fantastic day. And also thank you to our guest Narls for joining yeah. us. You know. yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I've loved hanging out with everyone. It's been so much fun. We and, definitely uh, want to collaborate in the future again. This oh, was yeah, a lot of 100%. fun. For sure. Check them out on TikTok. Check out... Um, you know, check out the mythology, the, the modern mythology stories. Check out, right. check out us on TikTok. We'll be there too. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening and uh, watching. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.